Tonight, the divorce papers written, the child custody is sorted, and we're finally ready to leave Mezzet for another man. Toby and I chat Burnley, Brighton, and an incredible load of incoherent shit on this at Christmas, Ask Brothers Rankcast. Welcome to this and Ask Brothers Rankcast. We are, what's that thing when you're an actor and you're, you're somewhere, Toby, where you're not normally? What's it called? On lo- I have no fucking clue what you're on about. On location. We are on location. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm on location here at Christmas. I'm down lovely coastal beach. I've had about six drinks. Um, so we're going to see how this, this plays out at the moment. But uh, Toby, you just got back from holiday from the coast. How was your Christmas, mate? It was good. It was good. We were at a beautiful house down in... Overlooking the beach down in Warrnambool. Warrnambool. Down in Bogansville. Warrnambool. Bogansville town. Um, and it was a beautiful house. We've got an Airbnb and a trampoline and a beautiful back garden. Trampampoline. Trampampoline. Um, and beautiful view of the of the ocean. And we had perfect weather, so it was all turquoise and shit and lovely. And apart from fucking family dyan- dynamics and being well and truly over all the cunts by the end of it, it was um, it was lovely. Unfortunately, mate, at Christmas, cunts are going to cunt. They are. <laughs> cunts be cunting. <laughs> Toby, two games of football. We, uh, we did, dear listener, really, really try. Toby and I actually tried to get a game, a, a, a podcast out after the Burnley game, and we just couldn't get it together. After a, and then what happened, Max? What happened I, when I was ready after you busted my balls? I got shit-faced, had a terrible hangover, and couldn't drive myself to where my microphone was, which was for some reason mm. at work. So yes, after I did ring you up, bust your nuts, give you the third degree about commitment and uh, getting podcasts out for our many, many listeners, I failed dismally, drank too much, and <laughs> couldn't get to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, after lugging all of my shit down into down to Warrnambool, with our already overly packed car, in any case, I'll let you off on yeah, that one. Max had a big one. Max had a big one and couldn't record. All right, Toby. Uh, Arsenal Burnley. Arsenal at home. Coming off that dreadful loss to the Spuds. I mean, the game when we thought we probably should have rested majority of the team, and we didn't. We run into this game and finally, I guess the first thing we see is uh, Torreira rested. El Nene in, Ozil starts, Ainsley Maitland-Niles gets a run as well, which I know you and I have really been pushing for. Uh, but Yeah, we, we were really excited about but that. But once again, we see Lacazette and Aubameyang starting. And my first little thing I started thinking was, we don't really have a lot of strikers. And if one of these guys goes down, are we not a bit fucked? Mm. I think he's just trying to play his best team, though. I think I we've stumbled into some pretty bad form, I feel, and all the tinkering that's gone on in the past, we don't have the squad depth to be playing around with now. So we're almost to the point where, fuck, we've got to actually win, um, and we're in the grind. We're in the Christmas period. We're playing away at teams battling relegation. There is no easy game, and especially with... With a squad that's running pretty thin now, and, with and uh, you're, fatigue and, you're, and injuries. And you're seeing that in results with other clubs. Fuck yeah. You're seeing that in massive results with other clubs. You've got City dropping games, uh, Chelsea dropping points, Man U finding form. Fuck you, Man U. I wished, 
I yeah. wish Maureen had stayed there for as long as possible, but you know it wasn't yeah. wasn't to be. And it looks like we piss Spurs off into going on an epic run. Yeah, it does look that way, doesn't it? Someone someone put that up the other day, saying maybe the worst thing we could have done was to poke the Spurs bear, bear. Yeah, poke in the bear. I said they're not a bear; they're a fucking noisy chihuahua. Uh, Toby, captain's armbag, Mesut, captain's armband, Mesut Ozil. What the fuck is going on with this club? Is it really all smoke and mirrors? Look, I thought that was a great bit of man management. You know, he's one of the five captains or leadership group or whatever. He's had a red-hot poker up his butthole again. And this was a chance to say, mate, you know, go and prove it. You know, this isn't even, it wasn't even a I believe in you, like soft bullshit like that. It was literally like, here you go, cunt. See what you got. Formation, I had it as a 4-1-2 one two, so a four diamond two. Did you see it much the same? I mean, from kickoff uh, at least. I had four three three or a four three one two. I saw it much. So. I saw it much more as a diamond with Özil in this very very free role in behind what looked like two up front. Obviously, it's not the way it played out because nothing is playing out for us at the moment because we keep getting in-game injuries. But mm. kind of the way I saw it, and Maitland Niles. You know, uh, I, th- I thought maybe we'll just touch on that quickly for a minute before we get stuck in. Really happy to see him there. Expected to see Lichsteiner there because that's kind of the way that the season has panned out. But happy to see Maitland-Niles mm. get that run. Yeah, look, I mean, I enjoyed his game, but I, I also find him, he's frustrating me already. So I- if if we're going to lambast certain players for... A bit of a casual, nonchalant. Do you not love attitude? what Clive of Arsenal Vision calls him? He calls him a, a Blazing, no. He calls him so good. He calls him a Bob Marley player. Another Bob Marley yeah. player. I love that. It's and, such a good analogy because it's, it's. And I don't. I don't know if that's what we really need. At it's the not, and, but it's exactly and, how he looks on the ball. He looks like he's got a million hours worth of time, and you know you want this intensity. And the reason why we've been talking about loving him is because he's a ball carrier, mm, but he just seems mm. to want exceptional amounts of time on the ball. I mean, uh, mm. look, I'll say right now, long before we get to 3-2-1s and 1-2-3s, Ainsley Maitland-Niles didn't make it into either of my negatives or into my positives because I thought that was the exact type of game that he ended up having. It was a, a number of things where I said, yep, you can see the potential, and a number of things mm. where I thought you can see the limitation or the limitation in mm. attitude, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess we better crack straight into the goals, Toby. Yeah, let's. Uh, first goal, you banger man. Um, probably one of Maitland Niles' best pieces that he did for the game. Really interesting interchange between him and Urzel and Lacker out there on the right. Feeds out to Urzel, who plays a, a a ball that no one else could have seen. I mean, we'll we'll crack into this pretty much for most of the, the back probably 10 minutes of this part of this podcast. Because uh, I think we just, I've got the feeling that much like Twitter, we're going to end up having a very large-scale conversation about Ozil, about both games. Uh, but Ozil finds a ball for Kalasanak, mm. who initially I wrote down Kalasanak does not get there. On reflection, but he does. Kalasanak gets Beautiful there, ball. and it's a smashing ball, yeah? Yeah, I mean, that was... You know, a wondrous ball. You know, I thought the interplay from Lacazette and Ainsley Maitland-Niles were were really nice at the start. 
coming out to to Ozil and and slicing this delicious ball through basically the whole bloody Burnley team. No one else can see that um, ball. No, no, and and that was that was a prime example of of what he can put on, you know, when when the game's falling his way. Um, but an unbelievable cutback from Kalasanac, who was by far our greatest attacking outlet he, for, he, for the entire game. He really has and, gone um, from strength and, to strength, yeah. I mean, from, from has, six weeks ago, I can't remember whether it was just me or whether you might have chimed in on it as well, but I was talking about maybe trying to get as much money for him as possible. You were. I wasn't. But in a three, I a man crush on the fridge. In a three, the guy looks like a serious player, as in when there is a three at the back and he is a wing back or in a whatever you'd even call that position is this borderline a winger. Yeah. But, but this this game wasn't a wing back, and that's where he did so well. Uh yeah, but I mean he, but the nature of the one that was in front of the two meant that the two wide men were getting so far forward and we were essentially dropping into a three at times was the way I saw it. So, you know, yeah. I was having a, a chat with someone on, on Twitter today about you know how difficult it is at the moment to start talking about formations without seeing like a larger more like thousand meter view of the stadium because the formations are so interchanging between defense and attack and where people are pulling into like I'm really under Wenger I could always see the structure under Emery I'm a lot of the time in games, I'm writing down four, five, six different notes. I'm like, is this the formation? Is this the formation? Is it this no, fluid? No, it's, it's very true. And and there's constant movement as well. And and that's one thing I like. You know, there isn't that stagnant formation, you know, because that's what we need to pull teams around and pull defenders out of their particular marking territories as well. Because, you know, it's very hard to make space. But look, in any case, I thought it was a great finish from your banging man. Didn't he shinned it? Didn't think he shinned it? Oh, look, he shinned it a little bit, but the I feel like that's where he was trying to hit it. Regardless of whether it was a small shinning, um, he was trying to use the outside of his boot and he was trying to get some banana away, I feel. And, you know, he nonchalantly bloody clipped it in from almost the edge of the box so I thought it was I thought it was a fantastic finish and we're, we're really starting to see Van Persie's greatest goal for Arsenal was one was of the greatest shinnings of all time as was Rooney's yep and he can go and fuck himself not Rooney but Van Persie go yeah. fuck yourself buddy <laughs> go fuck yourself <laughs> Van shit cunt despite Arsenal going a goal up and despite Arsenal looking really good uh, we looked very counter-attackable again. So really, really open. And again, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this as we move into the Brighton game. But again, when we seem to play this back four, and it's not just now, if you think back to the early Liverpool game, sorry, not the early Liverpool game, the early Chelsea game, the early City game, when we were playing four at the back and had incredibly high wing-backs, this ability to counter-attack us and kind of slide diagonal balls and then use bigger man's, bigger men to get second-phase knock-ons seems to be a little bit of a, a symptom of failure or a symptom of stress for Arsenal. Did you notice how, how counter-attackable we look despite how good we look going forward at times? I think that's us in a nutshell. I mean, it's a little bit hard to remember the Burnley game after just watching... The uh, the Brighton game, but 
when our play, our attacking play relies so much on our fullbacks, and it does, particularly because we play three almost holding midfielders, which means there isn't that connector between midfield and, and attack or the slide ball through to attack so much. So we really depend on little overlaps and triangles um, and overlapping with our fullbacks. So our greatest attacking weapon also becomes our greatest defensive weakness. And that's why one ball, one simple long ball, and we may as well be talking about the same bloody game here, because much the you know, same. That's what happened. Much the same. Yeah. So it is our Achilles heel, and it has been for such a long time. Look, let's so let's get stuck into where Arsenal's at towards the end of the pod, and let's concentrate on the on the facts right now. Sure. sure. Uh, Toby Monreal injured. A lot of talk. People think Monreal is done. Thoughts? Uh, I think he is not completely done, but he is on his way to being cooked. So we really need to put in our contingency plan pretty shortly and start thinking beyond him. I think Kolasinac has played himself into being an Arsenal player for the future, but he also may be playing himself into us buying someone who actually sits in front of him on the pecking order. So sell Monreal now a return to... Sell Monreal now a return to Spain, maybe get a little bit of money back for him, is that oh it? hell yeah and look look I, I I think Spanish football outside you know a top sort of three or four teams nothing is as intense as the Premiership particularly the burden on the fullbacks you know the load that they have to take look um, at the um, Lichtsteiner game against Brighton just mm. just struggled massively to get up and down and it's not a skill it's not a skill issue it's not a physicality issue it's a physical distance covered issue that at some point these guys are falling out of the game or their yep. bodies are breaking down. Yeah, that's that's right. I just that's wonder right. whether it's, or it's not, not a skill. I just wonder whether or not it would be wise to get Monreal I don't know how many years he's got left on his contract. I think he goes into his last year next year, so he's inside the last two years now. Who is Monreal? Monreal. I, I think he's so as yep. in at the end of this season he's into his last year is what I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, people. I wonder whether or not, like how I think that Lichsteiner is great for the squad. Lichsteiner was never meant to play this much. Let's just make that understandable immediately. He was never meant to play this much. I think, like you said a couple of pods ago, he was brought in as a pseudo-coach and as a dressing room figure, much less than ever being meant to make an impact on the pitch. I wonder whether or not Monreal, at this stage in his career, it's worth having another year of him, extending him for a year to keep that leadership within the club. It could well be, but if that blocks, you know, if if that blocks Kalasinac, then I would say no. I don't think it does block Kalasinac. I'm talking about Monreal becoming the fill-in. So he becomes the third choice. Yeah, essentially, whether or not there's value in giving him a year extension and still bringing someone in, because with mm. with Monreal you get cover for a centre back. I actually, yeah, well, he's a club, he's a clubman. That's yeah, but sure. I I still think that's he can sure. like as far as as long as he can get over these injuries, he's still a guy who you can quite comfortably throw into a back three and know is going to do it a, a long a, and know is going to do a good job. Just the same way as you said last week on the pod that perhaps Lichsteiner's career could be increased 
by moving to a back three, the same way that Monreal's mm. career can be increased by moving into a back three. And I'm not talking about being a permanent part of a back three, but maybe still a leadership but role. But it's good having a player that plays half of two positions. A- absolutely. You know, or, you know, it's the Danny Welbeck you know, argument all over again. Can yeah. To get rid of someone who can cover two positions, you've kind of got to bring in two players. So from a monetary mm. From a monetary perspective, I just wonder whether or not keeping Monreal around for a year is is wise. I know everyone's saying he's done, but just thoughts, thoughts, thoughts running through my head yeah. at this stage, look, Toby. Look, and talking of thoughts, how did you feel that Ozil playing in behind improved your banging man and Lacazette's relationship? Because I thought that that worked really well for periods of Burnley. time in the game for pieces of skill that no one else other than Ozil is capable of. Yes, for how badly Ozil fell out of the game once it became bitty and physical. Yeah, but I thought that was down to the fact that one of our defenders went off and when he lost a man in the midfield, he lost his ability to be part of the game. I don't really understand how I'm meant to feel about Ozil. I had him in my negatives and I had him in my positives. So when I finish a game and I, I list all my players who I thought were incisive or did things or were valuable to the team, I write them down. Then I write down players who I think were detrimental to the team and I write them down. I had Ozil in both this week. So I, I, yeah. I put a tweet out saying, I don't know how I'm meant to feel. I don't know what I'm meant to be yeah. doing. And I don't want to be one of these Arsenal fans who is an absolute yes or an absolute no. I don't think that's a good way to be a fan because this week I love yeah. him and then the next week I hate him and then this week I love him and what? I've got to set a narrative and have to stick to that narrative because if somehow that narrative changes, I look like an idiot. Yeah. It's not the case. None of us as Arsenal fans, as ex-players, as pundits for that matter, I mean professionally played pundits, are capable of understanding what's actually going on on a pitch all the time. And and I mean that. I mean all the time. I mean a global view of what Ozil does. Uh, I think it was Arsenal Vision. Yeah. Wow, what was, what's his name? Uh, Pars in my pants was like he watched he rewatched the game and he felt like he'd watched an entirely different game. And I think, I think that's a good thing as well because when you watch a game with those different set of spectacles, um, it can be completely but different. But then in this saying morning, that, if you go into that with an agenda... If you go into any game with them, yeah, then you can find whatever you want in a game of football. You can look at Lacazette's performance day and say, oh, he was fantastic. Oh, he held the ball up. And you can take another look at Lacazette's game day and say, he had an awful touch. He looked like he was running in sand. He keeps getting pissed off at himself and at the coach. So I just think that there is an element at some points with with this football club and with this fan base and with football in general, where I think sometimes we need to look at performances based on the performance, not looking at performances based on narratives that we've created that we're sticking to. I thought Ozil had a very median performance today. He did some things that no one else in football can do that I don't think anyone else in the Premier League does. And he did some things where I thought, you're not worth your paycheck. Yeah, yeah. But we do need to score goals at the end of the day, and he enabled two. So I'm seeing a team at the moment that is disjointed all over the place. You know, 
a bit of over tinkering, a bit of like way too many injuries, obviously, a bit of a thin squad to start off with. I mean, we took a fucking massive gamble at the start of the year sending Chambers out on loan. And I'm not saying that he would be the answer to everything. Would have, would have, filled, would have, have plugged have, a fucking hole, mate. Fucking A, it would have. So, honestly, I, I feel like we've taken a few gambles slash liberties and we're kind of paying for it. You know, we, we've stumbled along and got a lot of points with our 22-game run playing quite poorly at times and managed to come up with some heroic... You don't give the points um, back. Right, that's something I just want to say, and I've I've been I've said it a couple of times online. Right, you don't give the points back. So regardless of what anyone says about whether or not we played well, and I've been one of those guys. I'll put my hand up right now, and I'll say I've been one of those guys who, when we played and we picked up points, and I've slagged us off. You, at the end of the year, you don't give the points back. The points are yeah, ours. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think there's an element there of of saying. You know, I the Manchester United team that won Fergie's last team is probably the worst Premier League team, Premier League winning team you're going to see in your lifetime. But they picked <laughs> up points and they played badly and they won the league. Leicester won the league off the back of all the big teams playing like shit and collecting points. So there is an element I've, I find of just let's maybe just pump the brakes on the expectations of Arsenal for this year. Kind of very similar to what you just said. The squad is thin. It has always been thin. We've always known we were mm. going to run into issues. And the fact that we have been able to pick up points shows a mentality shift that we've not seen at Arsenal in maybe 15 years. Yeah, the definite, definite increase in strength of character. However, the fundamental flaws that when, when Emery took over the squad... And the fact that he hasn't managed a Christmas period before in terms of his experience, um, they're kind of beginning to to come to fruition. Do you not now. think there's an element there of the fact that the issues are born of the purchasing, the issues are born of the personnel, and it's still a Vangarian personnel? Fuck yeah. I mean, look, we're still dealing with the same two pricks who do their own thing and are wildly inconsistent. Are you talking about Maverick no. and Goose? I just hope one of them gets ejected and dies. Yeah, crying in each other. Ozil's holding Ramsey going, Goose! No, no, but the thing is they're too arrogant to even like each other. It's like having fucking Iceman or whatever. So you're saying it's actually Iceman and Maverick? Yes. I like it. I like it. I mean, I started the analogy and then you just kind of... You just kind of softened the edges, man. You just kind of massaged into something that made sense. I like it. <laughs> Speaking of massaging something that, into something that makes sense. Next goal. Ozil. Terrible ball loss. On the edge of the box. Genduzi picks it up. Plays a really nice ball. Kalasnak. Power. Smashes it across the box. Lacazette. Plays it underneath Ozil's feet. You banging man. I thought he should have cut it back. Smashes it inside post. Good goal. Oh, Fucking amazing near post. I mean, I tried to have a look to see if I could blame Hart for it at all because he didn't get it. But fucking hell, the connection on that ball. Um, he he is in a misfiring team, and for a player that we had criticised quite heavily, you know, a couple of months back, he is really starting to show his worth and. Adding a few more finishes as well. I mean, that that level of power and confidence not to square it back 
um, and hit it near post like that and almost roofed it. Um, and he cunts what, it. What a, what a cracking he goal. He properly goal. cunts it. I mean, and by let's, let's the definition pay... of cunting it, I think, is doing yeah, a keeper yeah. near post. Because do a keeper yeah. near post when that is the least amount of distance that he needs to travel mm. is the definition mm. of cunting. No, no, for sure. And, and let's pay a little bit of heedance to, um, to Kalasinac as well. I think we're going to. I think we're going to pay some heedance to him because Kalasinac, he he showed his worth today. Like Boromir, did I just fuck that up? Because I'm, I've been drinking for four days. I don't know. I had in my head an analogy about Boromir. I had an analogy in my head about Boromir and Aragorn. You know when Boromir is dying, and Aragorn tells Boromir, "Today you showed your worth." That's how I felt about Kalasanak. Like, Kalasanak was lying there with his horn on his chest, like, all fucked up by goblin arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Today, Kalasanak showed his worth. He did, he did. I, I need to whip out those. You know, I just watched, I just watched all three Hobbits and all three Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Hobbits were, Hobbits were They're better the second time around, man. Do you know okay, why? Right. Because the first time around, all you do is pick make, holes in it, trying to make it the book. It. Okay. Right? You're trying to yeah, make okay. it the book. It's a lot like Arsenal fans right now. Every team we're trying to make the Invincibles. Right? The Invincibles yeah. are like J.J.R. Tolkien's first iterations of the book. And the current Arsenal is like the movie remakes. Right? Like, Obama and Yang is a fantastic Aragorn, but he's never going to be what the book was, which was Henri. Yeah. You're an idiot. Let's, I'm drunk. Let's I'm drunk. Stop. Okay. Let's stop this analogy. Yep. Too far. Too far. Toby, uh, the Ashley Barnes, Socrates, the messiness, the Ashley Barnes jumping oh, on, brilliant. the Ashley Barnes jumping brilliant. on Genduzzi's chest. Just want to touch oh, on that I, about. I thought he was really lucky to be on the pitch. It Sorry for both. No, no, no. Go, really go. lucky to be on the pitch. You know, he. I loved the tussle between those two, and Socrates loved the tussle as well, which made me love him. Didn't even it give more. you a hard on for Socrates? Yeah, I'm rock. I'm rock was, hard for him at the moment. I was going to say there was a tingling. I wouldn't go full. Bone, no, I am. But, I am know, erect. That's a great vision. Now, Barnes, I felt, is obviously a bit of a scrapper. Probably a good player to be playing against us, but so much less effective in this current iteration of Arsenal squad than previously. I mean, the pansy ass pansies from previous. <laughs> No, I was going to say something else, and, and then I realised... Were you going to call them fags? Yes. Good. Anyway, the I can't say it now. Now I feel bad. All right. What was your point? Basically, we're tougher. Yep. We're less, we're, we're less likely to be knocked about, be bullied about by, you know, these scrappers, you know? And, and Socrates stepped up to it, and he, he relished and it. And one of the biggest know? highlights was, of this was game was that... We stepped up to it because in times gone past, we would have been stoked. And this time yeah. we weren't stoked. And having players like Socrates and having players like, you know, uh, Lichsteiner, having players like Kalasinac, even to a degree having players like Genduzi, who, who at least loves the niggle. You know, he might, he might yeah. not be a, a, you know, a big ballsy player who's going to go and smash cunts, but... At least he mm. wants to get involved and he wants to jump off the bench and go for far too long, Arsenal were far too nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, long story short, we've gone off on a tangent just for a, just for a bloody change on the rank cast. Yeah. But 
Barnes was lucky to still be on his pitch, on the pitch. Very much, you know, very there was much three, so. two, three, four scraps and then a chest stomp. Regardless of whether he was trying to drag the ball back on Genduzi, it was nasty. It was nasty and he should have been gone for that. And the referee was... The yep. referees in the Premier Weak. League, I think, have had some kind of a directive this year to let the small teams be dirtier or to, to bring a little bit of balls back into it. I'm positive of that. Which is surprising. Because there have been so many incidents this year, even in the, the, the Brighton game that we just played, even in the Burnley game, we can go back through so many games. There have been too many incidents this year where so much has been let go and the whistle hasn't been blown. And I, for one, like that in Premier League football. And so I refuse yeah. to be someone who stands here and says, oh, because it's Arsenal, it's not right. The no, thing no, that I like, I like, I like about like it is that finally we have players who are going to stand up to it. And when Socrates puts Ashley Barnes in a guillotine choke and refuses, let's go of him, and then that prick gets the yellow card, I'm like, fuck yeah, Socrates, you Jared Butler yep. lookalike sexual motherfucker. I don't reckon he's that sexual, Jared Butler. He's, he's, Jared Butler. It's not about how he looks, Toby. It's not about the fact that he looks like Jared Butler, who's a beautiful sexual man. He, he would it's, have been like my one bumming. He's dude. my bumming man. Don't take if, my bumming man. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I'm just saying. But I would not. I would not be bummed by. It is the essence of Sparta. Therefore, it is the essence of Jared Butler. Yeah. I, I I I love the Sparta connotation. He is Sparta. <laughs> I am Sparta. Toby, Ashley Barnes gets his goal shortly after that. 2-1. I wouldn't say we were cruising yeah. up until then. I wouldn't then. blame anyone for that goal, I just thought way. it was one of those messy goals where the ball things. pings out and it yep, and it happens. Yep. Uh, yep. And fuck Barnes. Yeah, fuck Ashley Barnes. Not so much happens after that, Toby. Like, not so much happens. Up. Yeah, my notes end. Pretty much there. Like, so, so do mine. Uh, do you want to go through the Awobi goal? Was it a reverse yeah. pass from Ozil? Yes, it was. But it took a deflection. I don't care what everyone said. But it took it a deflection. It did take a deflection. It did. And in all honesty, he probably should have shot. But he doesn't do that because he has no power. Read anything into so, Awobi not celebrating? As in, was that relief? Like, thank God I finally did something that wasn't jovino is shit? Or was that just the game's done and let's move on? Oh, I hadn't read a lot on into it to be honest there I just was, it was really good for no for celebration nothing no celebration at all smash the i thought it was just a i thought it was just a like a yes i did it i didn't yeah but up. i mean it's it's a it's a goal that finishes the game i saw it as a woby feeling you know he's such a humble cat right that he had mm. fucked up so much that it was a woby not over celebrating something that was a reflex smash in well, do you know what? Good on him. Oh, good on you, Wobie, because like other him. cockheads would yeah. have run to the corner flag and, you know. Yeah. No, 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 he's good. You know, he's, he's a humble kid almost to his detriment, which which we've discussed before. Um, but I reckon that's, that's really good for him. And it didn't it didn't mean a start for the next game, which, which I'm fine with. Um, you know, I think he needs some time away. It's just our squad's pretty fucking thin at the moment. But look, in any case, great. He scored the goal. Um, and whatever we can do to get him a bit more confident, then happy days for us. Three, two, ones, one, two, threes. Toby, who did you have for three points in this game and why? All right. Um, I had your banging man for my three points. I also had your banging man. I, I alluded to it previously, but his movement, his running, his quality of touch, 
and I don't even give a shit what he does on the ball anymore. Let's let's love and behold and cherish so what he's I doing. I think I'd have given him points even if someone else had to score the goals in this game yeah, because no, he, he has found a work rate and he has found a yeah. way of buzzing around. He's starting to press more. But not only that, you're starting... Now that we start to understand what he is and we lose this perception of what we thought he was, if you start yep. to watch him off the ball now, what he does yep. off the ball is smashing. And he did it against Brighton and Hove as well. Massively well, he, did he, it. He, absol- he absolutely did. And we'll, we'll park that bus for now. But, you know, this guy is our most informed player at the moment when everyone else is starting to fatigue and struggle. He's, he's coming into it. Yeah, I think we spoke yeah. about it very early on the season about uh, maybe some of the older players needing more game time, uh, more time on the ball to come up to full fitness, whereas the young guys can kind of work and recover faster. Maybe someone like you, Bangman, uh, we said very early on when we started recording the podcast 15 podcasts ago, that last time we got you banger man, he'd already played half a season with Dortmund. He'd actually already hit his straps. Um, Toby, two points. Who'd you have and why? Uh, our fridge, Kolasinac, really close for the three points as yeah. well because he was actually our main attacking outlet. Um, wonderful performance. His first good performance as a left back as well. Actually, that's probably a bit of a lie. No, because Monreal went off and, and we went into a back three. And even when we were in the back four, we had a, a deep line midfielder who was making up a three as well. So it was a it, yeah. He he was a wing back. It wasn't as much of a left back as he was asked to be against Brighton. Yeah. And uh, we'll yeah. talk about how limited he was and, there. And Toby, I also had Kalasnak for two points. Beautiful, beautiful. And that's actually that 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 comment of the shift to a back three is the perfect segue into my one point, who I gave to Mesut. So I felt that he was less part of the game when we shifted formation. So and you saw his falling his out of the game as a symptom of the game, not as a symptom of his performance. Yes, yes. As much as I can, because like I said, we try not to be too binary. We try not to be too black and white. But I actually felt up until that point when we switched formation... And who was it that went off? It was Monreal, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? You know, that he became less part of the game. Because he was having lots of lovely interplays in that half spaces, drifting over to both wings, you know, and having the overlaps with either Ainsley Maitland-Niles or, or um, Kalasinac and joining in with the front two, which split off really beautifully. You know, I thought Lacazette... Like I said man. at the start of the episode... I had him in both my makeup for positive points and both my makeup yep. for negative points. Yeah. My perception I couldn't find a way to find him a point. Yep. But that was yep. not based on the fact that I didn't see the value of what he bought. It was based on Absolutely. the fact that I Absolutely. thought he went you know, down far too easily. All game. Yep. He was trying to buy fouls. I think he got dispossessed four times by my count. Yeah, he was trying to buy fouls. He was. And I had I took issue with that. So I didn't find him in my positive points. I didn't find yep. him in my negative points. I think that the yep. vehement disgust on the internet towards Mesut Ozil is something that's not... I'm not going to say it's unfounded because I feel it as well. And I had a very long-winded conversation on the Arsenal fans forum with a, a lot of different people, with a lot of different inputs. And it's one yep. of those things where... 
No one can make a, a, a straight decision on this. I think you have to take Mesut on performance to performance. For this performance, I found him to have a median performance. He did things that the yep. team couldn't do without, and he didn't do things that I thought the team very much could have done with. I gave yep. my one point, Toby, to Socrates. That motherfucker wants to fight everyone. That motherfucker is yep. like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, we're showing our bloody 90s kids age with that. Um yeah, look, he was he was in my he was in my honorable mentions. He was very close. My perception of the game with the clutch moments, <coughs> I went with Mesut and like we said everyone is entitled to their opinion Ab- and how they Absolutely, the game. absolutely. Um you know, and we don't need to have a pre Define narrative like we not at all toby and my special mentions i had granite jacker i thought he was involved in absolutely everything i haven't seen his stats but he really did tick it over no no he did he did once again gets moved into the back three yes oh well look he's 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 our guy he's our mr dependable isn't he you know he's he is robust you know he might not do the flamboyant but he is solid as a rock and he drives the play forward and he's a big body doesn't fuck up that much he can drop into a back tree negative numbers toby who did you have for negative one and why negative one i really struggled to even even find a negative one i actually went for ainsley maitland niles yeah much like you i struggled i ended up going for terrera because i thought he was really off the pace when he came in yeah, well, he he was. My decision not to was the fact that he was sick and he came on at like 65 minutes or, or so, so forth. So I decided is, to Toby, not include I had him. Terrera slash AMN undecided. Oh, bull. So, okay, all right. So, I was, I was, so it wasn't just me because I love no, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. No, well, Ainsley Maitland-Niles had a very Ozil-like performance for me. There were a lot of notes I wrote down where I was like, good power, good interchange involved in that girl. And there were a lot of notes I wrote down where I was like, ah, you're fucking lazy on the ball, cunt. Yeah. No, no, totally. It was quite frustrating and a real, like, a real 50-50. Yeah, which is why you end up, you know, with these things. Look, I, to be honest, I had Terrera in there because I hadn't. I don't think I've given him a negative point all year. I couldn't work out who to give a negative point to, and I had a couple of notes written down saying, "Why would you even bring him on? He looks like shit." Yeah. He did actually grow yeah. into the game and make three or four really good tackles in the last five or six minutes once he got up to pace. Mm-hmm. But I had him in there. So AMN for you on a whim, Terrera for me on a whim. Who did you have for negative two, Toby? Gwendozi. Toby, like we were brothers, I also had Gwendozi. Yeah, yeah. I just felt that he was a bit sloppy in his positional awareness defensively, a bit sloppy in terms of giving the ball away at times, and looking a bit leggy. My as well. note said four pieces of good skill per game do not make a skillful player. Yeah, yeah. Um, naive at times, um, slow paced at times, wrong balls, wrong decisions, but, you know. Negative two for him, me too. Toby, negative three, who did you have and why? Begrudgingly, El Nenny. Toby, I was at El Nenny. Jesus Christ, it's like we're brothers. Caught on the ball, um, caught on the ball a couple of times, uh, looked off the pace a couple of times. You know the funny thing? I had a couple of comments early on in the game going, the guy really is solid. 
He really is solid. No, no, no. He's six out of Look, ten. Let, but the problem is, is let's, he's never. Do you know what it's like? Do you know what El, do you know what El Nani's like? Right when you like, when you really like the personality of a slightly less than attractive woman, and you try and convince yourself that you can look past their your lack of sexual attraction to them. That's right, right but then they to, only ever become a booty that's call. It, and that that's it. That's it. And that's what El Nenny is. That's what I wrote down. I'm like El Nenny is someone who I pick up the phone and call because they're like kind of good looking, and I'm okay to fuck them every now and then, but. You're never going to be my girlfriend, El Nenny. It's never going to happen. But they're up for it. Yeah, and you're yeah. unmarriable. Like, you're going to work hard. You're going to work the shaft. You're going to cup the balls. You're going to do all those things. Because you're not quite good enough, you've got to do but all those things. only at the end of a weekend. Anyway, so El, El Nenny, a perennial 6 out of 10. A perennial, you'll go to them when the, the time is it's absolutely essential. When you and don't you have, no have any options. other options. And they will do a job. Yeah. Can I just... Can I put one caveat? Is he was quite good at breaking up the play for Yeah, but you pitch. gave so him negative one job three, so you're not allowed to put down caveats, buddy. You can put down caveats okay. for negative ne- ones, but you gave the guy negative okay. three. And I think what we're okay. essentially saying here is it does not matter what El Nenny does. Number one for me, one of the major reasons is when he gets in the box, that fucker does not know what to do. Right? And he did it two or three times. Okay, Toby, so our 10 minutes on Burnley has turned into about 38 minutes. I'm now pissed. I've actually started drinking, because I don't have any ice, on this 38-degree Melbourne fucking fan-forced oven day. I couldn't set any ice cubes in time, so I put gin and Aperol into the freezer, and I've ditched the tonic altogether. I'm just drinking... Frozen gin and frozen Aperol. I've had about seven Aperol spritzes and I'm basically battered. Toby, Brighton, Hove, Albion versus Arsenal. So we pick up the three points at Burnley. We go to Brighton, Hove. We run out in the back four, which was something that maybe some people didn't expect. Kolasinac, Koscielny, uh, Jared Butler, Lichsteiner. No Ainsley, Maitland, Niles. Maybe a reflection of how hit and miss he was in the prior game. Also, mm. I thought that, you know, with Koscielny mm. back there, maybe Lichtsteiner had been put in there to be a bit more defensive. Ended up not being the case at all because both Lichtsteiner and Kalasanak end up so far forward for the entire game that we basically get torn a new asshole on diagonal balls for 90 minutes. Yeah. It was pretty simple to pull us apart. Pretty schoolboy football to tear us apart, huh? Get the ball into areas, win the ball, put a flat five across midfield, break it up, and then ping diagonal balls, win the header. They didn't even they didn't even press it. No, they didn't. They, didn't they put need a to. flat five across midfield, and all we did was stand in front of them and go, what do we do now? What do we do now? To the point where our best opportunities of the game were balls over the top. Incredibly unasked. And we were completely in control and decided to not shoot ourselves in the foot, pull the machine gun round and shoot ourselves up through the chin yeah. and out through the top of our it, heads. That's how much we fucking... Look, there's a there's ridiculous. been a lot of chatter around again and, and people wondering and assessing what's gone on during the game. My honest view of it was that we looked like a team with no energy. And I thought that for the first 10 minutes of the game 
and the first 10 we minutes really of good. the second half. We were really fucking we were up really for good. It. I actually commented that our tempo was right up. Yeah. And then we just yep. faded dismally. We had no gas. I mean, and there, there, we had no you know, gas. the one guy on the pitch who looked like he had gas, again, was your banger man. Again, I yep. thought Lacazette looked like he was running in sand. He had a couple of nice moments in the first 10 minutes. And for oh, the rest of it, he, he had lead touches, mm. man. Lead touches. Gave the ball yep. away a couple of times. Look, your banger man scores early. Um, all the hard work was done by Lacazette just being dogged. He was offside. There's no doubt that he was offside. It never should have been allowed to get that far. But you can't take it away from Lacazette. Play to the whistle. The ball kind of yeah. pings out. I'm not sure whether Lacazette was trying to get it under control or whether he pinged it out. You bang oh, a man. Lacazette was brilliant in that goal, regardless of his offside. Yeah, yeah, and I and, and, I, and I agree rate. completely. Right, his work rate, yeah. his doggedness. That was, yeah. was probably the and a good little flick from Özil in there. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early on, when we looked like we had tempo, and the finish from your banger man was was delish. Might I add, with that Özil comment, that was literally the only fucking thing he did for the entire. Quite match. literally. Quite literally. Quite literally. Oh, well, we not for the match. With that later. Not for the match, but for the half. For the entire you match. Know. Oh, well, until for the he half, walked until off. Until he got that... reefed and then refused to come <laughs> back on and didn't actually walk back onto the bench until about the 66th minute. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, okay. once he'd yep. CTFD, right? He came back out. Yeah. I yep. know. What... Calm the fuck down? Yeah. Yeah, CTFD, cool. CTFD, bro. I say it to my wife all the time. Drives her nuts. I'm like, bro. I'm like oi, yeah. bro. CTFD. She's like, she's like, I will fucking cut you. I will cut you, man. I would, I would pay money to see her face when you say that. It's like right before a cat bites you. That's what she looks like. You know that look of like, I'm wild. I'm gonna cut you up. If it's a cat, it's probably more pure evil yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than well, wild. But cats, you know, are, anyway. cats are great, man. They're like housemates that hate you. They're like serial killers you don't know kill people. You're like, I kind of like yeah. that guy, but deep down you fucking hack people up. Uh, Toby yeah. Brighton really grew into the game. Uh, oh, they did. They did. I mean, you know, was was it us or a little bit of us and the fact that they were really well organised at home, playing for their lives? Out-energying us. You know, I, I thought that was the, the, the mark of the game was that there was a huge element of them out-energying us and... I think a lot mm. of football is about this uh, this transfer of power, you know, where yeah. no matter what, it, it doesn't matter in football. The great thing about football compared to other games, compared to, you know, rugby or basketball, it's a horrible game they have in Australia called AFL, right, is that there's constantly points being scored. So the transfer of power is very fast. Transfer of power yeah. in football is a very slower, it, it seems to be a slow transfer, you know, where you might have 20 minutes on top or at 25 minutes and then all of a sudden you're under the caution. It's very hard to well, wrestle that power that's back. That's perfect. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to butt in, but like the 70-30 possession for us up until like the, I don't know, the 30th minute or so is perfectly correlates with what you're saying. You know, and then it gets, you know, re- it gets uh, wrestled back and we could have had two goals there. There was a ball over the top that Aubameyang didn't quite get on to. There's another, I think, probably maybe another chance for... A... No, that was a good save. No, no, no. I'm that, not, I'm that, not what, saying the... it wasn't a good save. I'm just saying that that was during that period of time where we were yeah. in a powerful yeah. position. And, and the thing with football that everyone seems to forget is football's a game of millimetres. They say something like rugby is a game of inches, but football is a game of millimetres, macrometers. It is these tiny, small pieces of 
luck or ability that change a game and throw the whole thing on its head. Yeah. And, you know, if that Aubameyang goal yeah. goes in, that, that ball over top, was it Torreira? I think it might have been Torreira. There was one no, from Genduzzi and there was another one later oh, on from Torreira. No, no, it was Torreira. My mistake. And then, no, but My there was mistake. definitely one from Genduzzi as well, which I think ended up not coming to much, but another really good ball. And that ended up being this Route 1 football that we had to play. And that's what I mean, you know. The, no, that was down to your banger man's runs again. And, and he was spectacular. And that's what we started to He was to spectacular in, in the way that he ran and the way yeah. that he worked his whole off. That's right. That's right. And it's it's beautiful to watch, you know. So, you know, us being Theo Walcott fans, you know, we, we love our bended arced runs and, you know, getting in behind. And it, it's his really, his movement is is a thing to behold at the moment, but we'll get into that but later. But whereas we a... grew into the scrap against Burnley, we kind of didn't grow into the scrap here because Burnley went at us in a scrap that was physical and Brighton went at us in a scrap that was kind of second phase. And because mm. the energy levels weren't there, the second phase for Arsenal, it, it was very difficult for us to kind of get on the ball, we lacked a huge amount of creativity. In the first half, I was screaming for Ozil to come deep. I couldn't understand why he was just standing so high when when Genduzi well, we and Xhaka and Torreira could not get the ball through the lines to the point where we're just pinging balls over the top. And I yeah, but we had th- that's where our three in the midfield kind of buggers. Yeah, us but up that's what Xhaka's meant to do: final third entry balls. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's his role, is that final third entry ball. And then you've got Torreira, who can beat a man and break a press. But the problem was, Torreira's all about breaking a press. Brighton didn't Torreira's fucking fucked. press, right? No, they no, they, they put no. five across the midfield and said, pass through us. No, no, very good point, Max. As begrudgingly as I like to pay you any respect, because you're a <laughs> But um, the... You know, when I'm trying to analyse Torreira for the game, I'm thinking, you know, not only does he look flat, which, which I think he does, uh, the, the fact that you're right, like certain players, probably like Ozil as well, they need players to come onto them. Kazola was another yeah, player, oh, needed people oh, to press him so he could use it, his skill and yeah, break the he press. Was, he, was, he was a valve on an engine, re, you know, releasing the pressure and keeping the timing, in, you know, like that's... That's that's the type of player he is. So instinctual players and technical players like that, um, it's frustrating playing teams that just hold back and give you that. But and, they didn't and we, hold we, back. We had they some real sterile domination. They sat a five in the middle of the park and pressed with their front men. So they had they had a press in the final third yep. or our first third, their final third. Yep. Then they sat a yep. stagnant five in front of it and said to us, if you want to go long, that's not your game. It nearly ended up being our game because Shubanger Man had some amazing touches and we had players who could find balls. But all in mm. the end, like one of my final, one of my final quotes, I know we're not at the end of the game yet, but one of my final things I wrote down at the end of the game was Chris Hewton deserves a ginormous round of applause from the Brighton fans because I actually felt that he maybe read that almost perfectly. For the system, mm. for the setup, and good, on him. and good on him. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, Toby Brighton equalise. We're there already. We might as well get yep. there because that was coming for so long. We looked so counter-attackable. A lot of people online are screaming about the defence. 
at like as yeah. in the back two having a go at Koscielny. I thought it had nothing to do with them. I thought, how could you have a go at Koscielny? People were having that. a go at Koscielny, saying he wasn't good. I was like, I thought Koscielny had a very, very solid game. No, I don't remember Koscielny him. I don't remember game. him making a mistake. I thought Socrates had a very good game. My main two issues was number one. Kalasnak getting caught far up all the time. Lichsteiner getting caught high Good. up and not having the engine to get back, which meant there was a yeah. constant, relentless out ball to a wide man. And then all they were doing was going high ball to the wide man, wide man, taking the ball out. And people will online talk about Kalasnak making five tackles or six tackles and getting back. The fact of the matter is, is the guy never should have been that high up the pitch to start with, especially in the first iteration of the formation. Before all the changes happened. But we'll go into this later. But I, I'm a huge Kalasinac fan. I am becoming But in a this Kalasinac game, fan. in a, four, a back four system, he was absolutely fucked. He was garbage. Defensively. Garbage. Defensively. He was, he was beyond garbage. He wasn't garbage. defending. What, what I formation thought, no, did they think two were playing? Things, like a, a, two like things. Two one four one. That's how high yeah. they were. Yeah. Two things, I thought he was tanked, and I thought he probably believed his own height. You could tell he was tanked by how heavy his touch was, and when he oh, got he, into look, positions, how poor his yeah. ball in was. His his defensive liability from being so far forward. Genduzi in this... All right, okay, let's analyse the goal. So, yes, Licksteiner makes an error, but he was at the maximum that he could be at that time. The error, so just like the goal that I analysed the other day, where I was talking about the team breakdown, the fact that there were five or six individual errors that led to the goal. So we always tend to shit on an individual. Well, but we have to look at the this team. goal actually so, had a huge individual failure. But I'm interested to see where you're going to go with this. Okay. All right. Okay. So where I'm going to go with it is that there was an individual error, but the fact that Genduzi was your deepest lying player. And you had Koscielny, Socrates, Licksteiner all pushed up looking for the goal. The timing once again, sort of beyond the 30, 35th minute, whatever it was, chasing points, you know, another goal. You know, it was it was bad. So and you had you had you you had Urzel jogging back, you had Kalasinac jogging back. First time you this had... year I'm gonna buy into a narrative because I think it's a okay. real narrative. For the first time this year, I'm actually going to stand here and say, what the fuck are you doing, Mesut Ozil? You are one of the three deepest lying players. The ball pings out to the right. It's two on one. There's a man making a run through the middle, runs beyond Ozil. Ozil jogs behind him. It's Genduzi who has to pull off the man who's running inside the shoulder on Lichsteiner to cover him, yep. which balks his run which leaves Lichsteiner yep. alone, which then exposes Genduzi to get the wrong side of the ball after the Lichsteiner flick on. And Lichsteiner was fucked. That's right. So I'm actually going to call this goal almost 100% a lack of running from Mesut, who had done fuck all. Who had done fuck all yep. in this game completely. And anyone who yep. listens to me and anyone who follows me on Twitter or Arsenal Fans Forum or any of these things knows, I'm always really non-biased against Ozil because I understand what his qualities are. Now, always try not to buy into the narrative of just beating him up. I think you and I... 
epitomise that. Like we've just, I've just given him a plus. I've just given him plus points for the other game. You know, when we get to our negatives, you know that the discussion will continue without giving it away too much. It was an epic failure on Mezzet's part to the point where I wrote a note saying, "I don't say this lightly, but I reckon he's done." I don't honestly. Yeah. I don't say this lightly. I reckon he's done. He got given the captain's armband last week. He showed flashes. No, he can. He can fuck he off. He never honestly. even broke a fucking sweat today. He hovered around. Honestly. He hovered around behind a back five when no yeah. one could find a pass. Do you know where I honestly think Mezzet's future position is? Is in a three behind a three. If he could be fucked defending, I, I actually reckon he would be a good deep lying player. I do. You know, Pirlo was an attacking midfielder who ended up sitting there and pinging balls, but he, he just would not get involved today. It wasn't his game. He, he do you know what? Let, I, I'm going to make a really bold claim here, and I actually reckon I'm right. So, fuck everyone else. I actually reckon Ozil is only suited for the highest echelons of team who dominate possession. You think if he went to City... He would be. Oh, he'd dominant. do a job. He, he, do you think he I would also, be the top player I also player think in the if he gets if he gets the fuck out of the Premier League, he could also be really. He could be a metronome. He could be exactly what he needs. He got bounced to be. out of Real for the same shit in the Spanish mm. League. But he played for Mourinho. No, I know, I know, I know, I all know. All the fucking love in with him and Mourinho. Whatever the bollocks going on with that. That's that's all false. But he. Of of all the beauty and and the last game, you know, I was absolutely singing his you praise. You thought he was so coming saying, back. I did, and what he's done this time, he has, you know, hurt me once. Shame on you. Hurt me twice. Shame on me. The the fact that I'm such a soft cunt and I let him back in, you know, he's a purveyor find, of domestic violence. Can't find a better he's man. He's a wife beater. You know, he just he hits us, and then he tells us he loves us, and he's going to change, he, he, and he buys us he flowers, lies, and then he lies and he to says, us, and he says he's in love with me, <laughs> but I just I can't find a better man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck him, and just fuck yeah, him. Yeah, fuck him and the cart Honestly. he ran in on, man. I am actually I have I yeah. have tried so hard yeah. this season. Anytime yeah. anyone has ever tried to really call him out and say he's useless and say he has no value, I've tried to be really, really diplomatic this year. I've tried to say to people, yeah. let's look at the player as a whole. Let's do this. Let's yeah. do that. The yeah. fact of the matter is, is you cannot, in the Premier League, show up for 15%, 20% of the games. I've forgotten on what podcast they were saying it, but someone was saying, might have been Scunny. Might have been Scunny on Guns and Yellow Ribbons was saying he showed up for like, two games this season yeah. of like eight or ten games. Yeah. He showed up for like two games. Not even you that. Know? It's more. And, it's and more. just because he's going to show up in a number of highlights at the end of the year, I put a thing up on the internet today. And do you know the funny thing was, it was the other day, It was maybe it was Boxing Day, it was Arsenal's best bits of skill this year. Two pieces from Ozil, three pieces from Awobi. Yeah, and they're the people we criticise the most. The people who have had the shit bagged out of them for the whole fucking year. Yeah. You know, and this is the thing. Because it's it's a, not a fucking highlight It's not reel. fantasy football, right? You have to... I, I mean, I, there was an interview with Mourinho where they're asking Mourinho about 
uh, Sanchez. And they're like, you know, do you feel that Sanchez is a player that uh, does well with direction or doesn't do well with direction? As much as Maureen can get fucked, what Maureen said was, I don't understand how every player these days needs to be a free player. When the team has the ball, you attack. And when the because team doesn't have the ball, fucks. you defend. Because they're arrogant It's fucks. the only smart and, thing and, Maureen's uh, ever you know, fucking said in his life. And I fucking hate Mourinho. When did you start calling him Maureen? Oh, the guys on Guns call him Maureen, and it's just stuck. Yeah, well, it's quite funny, because he's sort of like an old He is, he's an old lady. bitchy fucking lady. I love it, it's, but, it's stuck. But, okay, so Maureen, okay, so that's that's... That's one that we we're going to adopt that one, one now. One. Into you, banging man. Yes. Into mineral. Into Jared Butler. Yep. 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 Into Lieutenant. Lieutenant Dayan. Um. Yeah. No. No. Fair play. And like all these players, that how many times do we say, oh, they need to be a number ten, or they need to it, basically because that means you don't have to work for the team. Every time we say he's a number ten, it basically means they do what they want. Because they're arrogant, He's a, they're just know? mercurial, so, do nothing yep. players, go where they yep. want, roam where they want. Okay, all right, okay. So let's let's nip this in the bud. He's fucking dead to me. I have been, you know, you wait for players to come alive. You wait for their opportunity. You wait for them to show themselves as leaders. You know, this is the fucking time to shine. You basically not you just got given the captain's armband, cunt. You know, there was the perfect bit of man management. He got the captain's armband. He made two incredible assists, maybe one, depending on your perception. And he basically goes, do you know what, Arsenal fans? How about you suck my dick? Because I don't give a fuck. Or I don't have the minerals. It's not even that. It's not even that I don't give a fuck. It's how about you love me for the way I am, regardless of my faults. Because he's the real Slim Shady? He is, right? He's a fucking wife beater. That's what he is, right? Love me for what I am, and do you know what? I'm going to go to the pub when I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to go to the boys when I want, and every now and then I'm going to show you how good I can be to you. But you're not. We need a divorce, Mezzan. I'm writing up the papers. Yeah. I'm having him no, sign. I've gone to the lawyer. He shows us, he shows us no respect. You show me no respect. You better think no. about what you're trying to do no, to so me, fuck him. And can, can can I just bring this back to the goal? And I don't know how much we've done a Ask Brothers rant a thon here, but back to the goal. I actually thought Koscielny was one of the only defensive aware players on the pitch. So he at least saw the danger and made an effort to run back. You know, the maybe positionally him and Socrates being so far up the pitch. You know, like do you put them? Do you push them up for their threat? on the set piece from a headed play? Or do you keep one of them back at to one, fucking... At 1-0, I would rather see Arsenal keep one of them back. Seriously. Especially because of how often I mean, we go short as well. That's another oh, thing that's just starting to like drive me mental. Like, if all these fuckers have come forward, stick it in the mixer. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It, it was it was so naive. It's not even funny. And Emery must be pulling his fucking hair out because this was such a ridiculous and and a culmination of errors. And look, Licksteiner. We're going to get into this later, but I thought worked his hole off the entire game, <sighs> and I don't really? think he had the. Well, I did. I, yeah. And, but, okay. So he worked his hole off all game. 
Did you think that he had the motor to go with that sort of a game, to go with that sort of a performance? Because for me, his motor was cooked. I thought he was still going at the 95th minute when other people had, had given up. So yeah, I do. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get we're going to get way into that, like deep into that, and we're going to create our own fucking discussion, I'm sure. But um, look, he fucked up. That was an individual error, but amongst a culmination of errors, just like the Southampton game, I think. So, you know, we've got some fundamental issues within the squad, and we can't always blame ourselves because don't forget we're playing against another team, and I think we're very one-eyed and analytical a lot of the time. Um, so we don't respect the other team that much. We just we just analyse ourselves. But it was pretty simple again, and you know it, it was quite naive the way we pushed up the pitch. You know we got cocky with our fucking seventy thirty possession. Was it, we pushed was it everyone naive, up, or was it just a complete and total lack of energy? Because I mean that's the way I saw the game. I saw the game as the little engine that couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've fucked that little engine. I I think Emery has ridden that little engine. I don't want to. to the point I just of, put out a tweet arguing with someone saying I am I refuse to stand here and start slagging off Emery. Emery, I, well, neither, I refuse neither do to I. do it because I think no, the no, squad neither was do thin I. at the start of the year. We were maybe not lucky, but like we said at the top of the show, you know, you don't give the points back, right? Yes, we mm. were lucky, but we rode our luck on a thin squad, on Wenger's squad, been decimated by injuries. Mm. You know, let me, you know, the, the, the best way that I can, the, the best way that I can kind of put this is people need to stop getting so up in arms about Arsenal's failures. The real story here is how much better we have been as far as attitude. And to look at the season in the sense that we're consistently collecting points, both home and away. We weren't doing that last year. We weren't doing that no. under anyone else. We're doing this with a disjointed squad of players, diabolical injury crisis, a complete lack of energy, a new structure in the head office, a brand new manager betting in, and a load of players who are about to go out the door. And no one has even mentioned the Everyone yet. pump the fucking breaks on the negativity acting like we're some kind of a top four team that's failing we're a fifth yeah, or sixth team a, that's right that's on the coattails of the top four yeah. and without injuries maybe we had a sniff i just think that yeah. there's just such an easy return to a simple narrative for arsenal fans to go straight Fuck back yeah. into this aftv dt fucking bullshit negative narrative take a step back, have a good look at where we're at as a club, where we're at with our points total, where we're at compared to Chelsea, where we're at compared even to Tottenham, even to the filth, even to the scum. We're not that far off. And compared to all those other teams, we're not that far off and we've got a fucking crisis. None of them have even had a crisis yet. So enough of the shit, enough of the negativity, enough of the slagging off the half Baked defence made up of injured pricks and 36-year-olds and granite jackers and all of this stuff. Everyone just take a Christmas fucking break for a second. And I know people are going to say, it's not about that. It's about the manner in which we conceded the goals. 
Yes, the manner in which we conceded the goals was shit. But guess what? We conceded those goals under Wenger, and we're going to concede those goals under Emery as long as we've got the same fucking personnel or the same personnel and half the cunts are injured. I'm done. No, I know, I know. Fucking chill, Winston. I'm, I just, I'm all fucked up about it, mate. No, fuck him. No, fuck him. Like, there's so many, like you said, like Arsenal fan TV, all this bullshit. Like, if we had have taken one more of our opportunities, which were very close, and let's not forget the keeper played out of his fucking skin. What was his name? The Brighton keeper. You know? The, oh, the, the game Australian been... bloke, Ryan. Oh, is he Aussie? He's the Aussie. Good day, mate. Oh, well, well, that's fucking typical because he put in a heroic performance. Um, he was probably, he he was was... probably tampering with the ball. <laughs> yes, with sandpaper. Um, yeah, no, well, he he was brilliant, I thought. Like, he made, what, two, three Big save. major Big interventions. Saves. Big yeah, saves. You know, and and I felt that that had a, the, a huge thing. Like, our... And like Emery said in the in the interviews after the game, if we had to put away some of those performances and been able to control the game the way we did, then we wouldn't be having this. I think we had two so, moments, two moments where in, in both halves, so ten minutes in the first half, ten minutes in the second half, where we had energy, and the rest of it was a transfer of energy that we lost. Oh, and we're fucked. We 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 have mismanaged. We're going we're going to get killed slash. at Liverpool. We're going to get killed, but we'll go into that. Yep. Toby. Okay. Three, right. two, one. P break. P break. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Run. I'll be, I'll be back. Run, Forrest. But you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dane. I'm so drunk. Man, I'm so drunk as well. <laughs> this podcast is going to be like the uh, feces throwing monkey in a butthole club. Either I edit all of it out and it ends up being like, which is what happened with the feces throwing monkey initially. And then I went back and I was like, ah, I'm just leaving it all in. I'm almost at the point where we say, fuck it. Oh, fuck it. Toby, three, two, ones, one, two, threes. Now, you and I have seen things very similar a lot of games so far. I've got a funny feeling we're going to see things really differently this game. So, Toby, fight. who did you... Fight, 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 fight. fight. Well, I'm just going to go like this and with my arm. <laughs> and if you get hit, it's your own fault. I'm going to kick like this with my legs. <laughs> I, I almost called you the other day because I watched that with my son. And I, th- I think it was Series 7. It was the greatest era. It might have even been Conan O'Brien... Era. Football. Should we talk about football? Okay. Three should. points, Toby. Uh, Who did fine. you have and why? You're banging, man. Good. Good. Yep. Um, we could have actually been 3-0 up, and his performance was exactly as good as the Burnley game. He was phenomenal with his movement off the ball. He had some really good interplay. He even, he even tracked back. He's showing energy and and i feel some leadership through the way he's holding himself like his head doesn't drop i think the fact that he's leading the goal scoring charts i think he's got a little bit of a little bit of you bang a man hard on right yeah i think he likes i think it. he likes it i think he's I think giving he's, himself a boner. i think he's like fuck yeah you know i've come into the premier league and 
I'm the golden boot. I'm going to go and get it. I also think he is pissing off Lacazette. Yeah, I think they they have a friendship. You know when like two best friends like mm. the same girl? Mm. That's where they're at. And mm. the, the girl they like is the goal, right? And one of yeah. them is like, oh, I'm from Gabon. I have a haircut yeah. and I'm real fast. And the other and one who is Lacazette is, is like, <laughs> the whole is the goal. And the other one who's like, <laughs> Lacazette is like, but I am French and I would love you. Oh, well, we already know he's a generous lover. Toby, I had the three points and this might just shatter your world. This might shatter everyone's world out there. What's I that? thought it was Gendouzi's best performance in oh, 10 weeks. No, no. 10 weeks. Oh, no, no. I, I, I'm, I am so People happy. People have but dragged him through the shit online, Toby, saying it was a bad performance. I thought, Are you fucking kidding? I thought that he was metronomical. He moved the ball quickly. He had tempo. He had barely any of those terrible moments that he has. He ran all game. And you know what I loved about him in this game? He kept asking for it. He kept wanting it. No, no. Oh, oh, dude, dude. I don't often have a lot of love for you <laughs> because you're a cunt. But I had Genduzi for my plus two. I had you banging man for my plus two. It's almost like we're brothers. But he, he, he was so courageous. He con. Well, we didn't have anyone free, so Brighton gave us the ball in midfield. Okay. So we we had no one to beat a press. So we needed someone available who was had the the balls to provide us with opportunities through their movement. Genduzi never stopped moving, never stopped asking for him, and this ninety nineteen year old kid showed leadership beyond Oh, seven or eight players in the did team. Did you see when Ozil didn't for, backtrack? For, for did me, did you see Genduzi turn around? He and yelled, yelled at him. At him? He did yelled you see him at him. Fucking yell at Lichtsteiner late in the game when Lichtsteiner wouldn't make oh. a run. I like I'm, I'm yeah. and this is what I was saying yeah. to you the other day about not having set narratives about players. Yes, I have yeah. said for the last three weeks that I've thought he's been poor. Yes, I've said that. That doesn't been. mean that I then can't love him for this performance. He he stepped up and he entered Leader, my heart. Leadership. Leadership he today. He entered my heart. Fucking yeah. abused Ozil. Abused Lichsteiner. Got to a point where he was yeah. standing in the midfield and he was and he was like, what's yeah. it called? Remonstrating with people. Like, what do you oh. want me to do? He's like, tell me what you want me to do. And do you know what I liked about him today? He didn't go down as easily. Yeah. A couple of times you know early he on, was, he went he to was... go down. It didn't get given. And he got the clue. And was like, cool, yep. got to stay on my feet. And he was fucked. He actually, I actually felt he could have been subbed between the 60th and 70th minute. I thought I he would, would come have... off for Maitland Niles. I wrote down well, that. Well, I note. actually wanted him. I actually wanted Rambo to go into that deeper because I didn't think, I didn't think Brighton were pushing that hard forward, and I, I didn't love so much Ramsey going into those forward three for this particular game, um, but. He kept going. He kept that's showing so, that courage. That's so amazing that you saw it the same way because I've seen a lot of guys say that Genduzi did their heads in today and I think the reason why they've said it is because there was nothing going in front of him and they're like, oh, he's done nothing with it. He's done nothing with the <sighs> ball. Football is not about the individual. It's about the team. I, he, was, he was a team man today. He was a team oh, man. Yeah. He was my man today. My man of the match. My three points. So, Toby... 
Three points for me for Ganduzi. Three points for you for you banger man. Two points for me for you banger man, and two points for you for Ganduzi. Who did you have for your one yep. point, Toby, and why? I had fucking Licksteiner for my one. Wow. Point. See, I had, I had. The cunt is a warrior. Yeah, but like, he was fucked, right, he, and he fucked up like several times. Lost the ball several times. No, but once. You fucked up. I once. had him much like the Urzel game against Burnley. I had Lichsteiner mm. in my positive points and Lichsteiner in my negative points. The one thing I do, will do you know say why? is I didn't have Lichsteiner in my negative points for that goal. I didn't think there was okay, a great good. deal he could do with it. I had Lichsteiner in my negative points because when he got forward, he did fuck all with it. And every time no, no. he got forward, he massively struggled to get back. When he was defensive, yeah. I thought he was very good. I just thought he offered yeah. nothing. I would have rathered start Maitland-Niles. I know Maitland-Niles had an indifferent game. A lot of people will say, give Maitland-Niles negative points, even though he was on for 15 minutes. But the second mm. Maitland-Niles came on, I was like, athleticism. Oh, for sure, for sure. Look, I I watched this game very closely, and I have to admit that I accidentally saw the score before um, I watched the you game. You can't. Because Aussie time said it was on the 27th, so I was actually waiting for the game to be tonight. It was just 27th past midnight UK time, which is really annoying. So I actually saw a heroic effort from Licksteiner. Kalashinac had a very quiet game, particularly going forward and particularly in the first half. And apart from one or two crosses that didn't come off, and I thought his head went down a little bit after the the error that led to the goal. Kalasinac was one of our most heroic players. And I keep using that word. Kalasinac or Lichsteiner? Lichsteiner. I thought, in comparison to to Kalasinac, is what I was saying, He his tenacity and his desire went right until the 95th minute, regardless of whether... His um his fitness was, you know, he, he had to move into a back three, you know. Anyway, look, for me, I saw a guy who gave his all for the entire time with a team that was really struggling. So Toby, your I'm, opinion is your own. And look, yeah. I didn't have Lichstein in positives, but I also didn't have Lichstein in negatives. So again, yeah. I had him in that in-between kind of 6 out of 10 to 7 out of 10 range, or 6.5 to 7.5 range. Yep. Toby, for one point, yep. I had Socrates. And I'm starting to build points on him at the moment. He's getting a lot of ones for me, a lot of small yep. points for me. But yep. I thought he didn't take a foot, he didn't put a foot out of place today. I think he played one really bad ball that got cut out. Uh, but I thought Leno stitched him up on the on the out ball. But I'll, I'll get into my thoughts on Leno in a tick. Um, yeah. But Socrates for me is the player I wish we had have signed him three years ago. I wish we had have signed him with a bit more gas in the yeah. tank than than what we've signed him with. But he's fucking rad, and he shows a turn of pace occasionally as well. I know we brought this up, and, and you, you said to me before, you know, he, he scored very he high. He was number yeah. two. He was number two in the sprint. But, you know, it's funny, That's people at the start, amazing. when we first signed the guy, were like, this guy is slow as fuck. Yeah, but fitness. Fitness, remember? Fitness on old guys. What you're seeing with you bang a man now. He's hitting fitness now. What you're seeing with Socrates, he's hitting fitness now. 
even with Kalasnak to a degree, Kalasnak was shit takes. He's fucked. He's a big frame who's played too much football. But oh, the week prior, I felt that Kalasnak was, was like maybe in prop like right in the zone. Yeah, but he was right in the zone a week ago against Burnley. Kalasnak. It was one game too much for Kalasnak for a guy that big. Yeah. Fucks cunts up. He just yeah. fucks cunts up. Toby, negative points. Difficult to come by today because there were so many so-so performances. But who Correct. did you have for negative one and why? My negative one today was for Torreira. That's the first time I've really? ever given him negative points. Speak. Yeah. Speak because yeah. I want to listen. Speak. All right. I said he looked knackered and not very influential either defensively or in, in an attacking Indecisive, so, I found him today. Indecisive. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really felt that he struggled a little bit formationally, a little bit, as you said, begrudgingly um, because of the way the opposition played towards him. Like he really needs them to press him to be as good as he can be. And that sort of ties in with that little bit of Sandy Cazorla type um, connotations. So I just thought he was, you know, he's fatigued. We put so much pressure on him and it was maybe the wrong game with how Brighton set up. Um, I would have liked either him or even Genduzi, even though I gave him positive points, to be subbed sort of 65, 70 minutes for maybe a Ramsey to affect the game more going forward. So that's my negative one is Torreira. Uh, on the Torreira thing, I thought that no one pressed him and he looked less effective when no one was pressing him. I said that already. I thought he was really indecisive and I thought he looked shagged. I didn't find a spot for him in my negatives. My negative one, I gave to Burnt. I gave to Jay Leno. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. It's not to do with necessarily like exactly what he did in this game, but it's starting to get to a culmination of issues with Burnt. He looks out of form to me. I'm going to call it right now, Toby. Call it, Max. Petacek to start the next game. Oh, I'd like it. I'd like I it. Think he, I think he's got issues, Leno. The guy keeps coming. Keeps coming when he shouldn't come. He keeps getting caught in no man's land. The fucker should have been lobbed today. I think it's two opportunities. Oh, he almost got lobbed. He almost got lobbed about yep. four he times. He keeps coming. Last week or two weeks ago, he came out and massive head around and put his head somewhere it shouldn't be. And everyone's like, oh my God, Leno, what a brave keeper. And all I'm thinking is, as long as you're there, if you fuck up, it's guaranteed a goal. If you stay on your line, the guy's got to beat you. And you're not playing City, right? You're not up against Sane. You're not up against... Uh, Sterling, you're not up against Mane, you know, you're not up against top guys. Get these guys to beat you, and he keeps coming, right? And he's an all-action hero. Do you know what he is? He's the fucking Vermalen of goalkeepers. Do you know who he is? He's fucking Hugo Lloris, but not as good. Yep. You know, I'm starting to get to a point where I'm thinking, this guy is not as good as everyone thinks he is. Also, he keeps digging everyone into shit with his distribution. Like, there's some balls he plays to people that make him look great and put those people under huge pressure. It's been many, many weeks, many, many weeks since I thought, this doth a good keeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think our our playing out from the back boner 
has subsided. I, I, well, don't forget, as as the season goes on, you doth not have the ability to coach as much as thou wouldst when thou weren't playing three games per I week. I would like to see okay. Peter back upon the throne holding a kingly sword. I would. Right? I, would. I Honestly, that's my call yeah. against Liverpool. Yeah. I think Leno needs to be sat down. I think there's a there are issues coming into his game. He's out of form. He's been out of form for three or four weeks. He's a young kid. A game or two on the bench, and I tell you what, Petter will come back and just smote. He will smoke. He will he smote. Will s- and upon there, he smote their <laughs> ruins. A lot of Lord of the Rings chat today. There's a lot of Lord of the Rings chat all the time. Honestly, that's what I think, Toby. Uh, do you think I'm insane? Yeah. Oh, a little bit, but um, I, I don't necessarily think it's time for Jay Leno to be dropped for this game because I think there's too much upheaval in the rest of the squad. I'd love to but see I don't think he, I I I don't think he's far off though and and he certainly hasn't been playing out from the back anymore like he did. That's that's one thing that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, because even like when that, he was playing out from the back early on it was causing issues. He's actually started no, no, to but, go long. But I would love to see the stats on how often he's going long versus how often Czech was going long because I don't think there's that much difference. Well, Part of my wanker medieval speak before was about the fact that Emery had the ability to try and, you know, coach into or influence the team at the start of the season. He's almost at that point where games are coming so thick and fast, he doesn't have that ability to influence things so much anymore outside of formation. So, you know, trying to coach in a completely different style of play kind of like the the heavy press that we tried to start with at the start of the season that didn't work that was that was ditched after about 3 games so you kind of got to work with the tools that you've been given you know so i i'm i'm really interested in giving check another go particularly in terms of his leadership and he his had more positive points in the first month of the year than any player for us Probably prior we to get, no, but prior to getting but injured, yes. we were in love with oh, Peter. Oh, check, check was our our man. I'm calling it now, at Toby. The start of the season. Calling it now. Do it. Call it. No, I'll back you. I'll back you. I want to see Leno out. I'd like to see check in for Liverpool. I think I yeah. not only do I think that it would give Petter a boost, and I think sometimes a boosted player is going to put in a great yeah. performance. I can imagine check coming in and putting in one of his best performances. Under that set, Against under Liverpool, that set of circumstances, because he's a, because he's a leader, yeah, sure, he's a general, sure. he's the first man for over sure. the trenches. So I think what it might end up doing is telling Leno to shut the fuck up and like be a normal cunt. You're not that good. You're young. It might give him the boost sitting on the bench. You know how sometimes benching someone yeah. is as important as backing them. Well, man management and this is what we this is what we thought Wenger never benched no, anyone right. all he did was back people that's right right because of his psychology yeah but what i'd like to see is not only do i think it would do great things for check for the rest of the year in the event that leno goes down leno. but it would be yeah. great for leno as well so agreed fuck off agreed. leno agreed yeah toby yeah. now that we've spent half an hour talking about our negative ones who did you have for <laughs> negative 2 and why um, I had it for Kalasanak. I also had it for, for Kalasanak. Kalasanak? Kalasanak. 
It's not watching fucking Outlander. Sass Van Ark. She's got great tits, though. <laughs> you only watch that yeah, for no. her tits. They're great tits. <laughs> On an old broad. They're, they're smashing no. tits. Did you watch all they of that with Mel? Tits. Did you watch all of that with your wife? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. just yeah, enough for yeah. both sexes. No, no, it's it's like it's like really lame and really. It's violent really and light porn. And, it's really, and, really and, light porn that makes and couples want to bone. It's yeah. great for that. Yeah. So you just you just. <laughs> <laughs> Outlander, great for everyone's sex life. I Kalasanak, and they're like, oh, he's excellent. He's so, excellent. He's so bra, and I'm like, oh, she's so bonny. Anyway, moving on from Outlander, Toby Kalasanach. Kalasanach, both of us, both of us had Kalasanach for a negative two. Yeah, no, he sucked balls today. All right, I I loved the fridge, and he was fucked. He was fucked. He was fucked in a four three three. He was fucked because he was fucked because he was tired. He's got too many muscles. Um, he was caught grossly out of position numerous times. Um. Kind of grew into the game when Awobi came on, but then Awobi ceased to be good after about like the first ten minutes of being on the pitch. Um, and yeah, it just it wasn't a good game for him. I actually, and the fact that Licksteiner was a better overlapping player than he was he did nothing when um, he was in the final third. But agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Toby, negative three. Who'd you have? I'm pretty sure I know who you had, but who'd you have? And why? Urzel, you can fuck off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Toby, Urzel, you can fuck off. It was a pathetic performance from Mezzet today. And, and it's not one of these performances where uh, you can even have two camps for him. A lot of the time there are performances where you can say, oh, maybe Mezzet was and maybe Mezzet wasn't. Today, Mezzet wasn't. Today, Mezzet was Nozil. He should have been playing a Fortnite on the couch. Because he couldn't be fucked. He couldn't be fucked today. And he, he stitched up Genduzi for that goal. Really stitched up Lichsteiner for that goal. And really did fuck all. And he got dragged at half time. And I was fine with that. Last chance saloon. I had Lacazette in my dishonourable mentions. Because of how lead-footed he looks. And how lead-booted he looks. He was good in the first half. Yeah. So what, you're saying he was good until he got pulled off? Uh, I actually thought um, I would have kept him on today. So I I perceived it slightly differently. At some point, you know how we're talking about um, like backing or sacking? At some point, I think you've kind of got to leave Lacazette on for 90 and let him find his way because he's out of form. I, I, I think so. I, I, thought, I thought Rambo today in the half space that he was operating in probably wasn't so good. And I would have liked to see Rambo, particularly with the possession differential that was happening, uh, I would like to see Rambo a little bit deeper and kept Lacazette on the pitch. Or Rambo even in the 10 and Lacazette on the pitch. Because Lacazette worked his butthole off today. Um, really got around. And I, I feel like if we're talking about clutch moments in terms of taking shots, we had Wobi, who isn't a great finisher, and a midfielder in Ramsey in our front three. Yeah, but the thing is, and Ramsey like... needs to be on the end of flowing moves. Ramsey does not I like know, the. I know. Ramsey I know. doesn't like the ball in front of the lines. R- Ramsey wants the ball inside the lines, behind the lines, or running in between the lines. 
I know that, but it probably wasn't a good game for Ramsey. And and one of the things why we need a bit of a, a squad shake-up is that even though we seem to have a lot of forward players, we actually don't. You know, we don't we've have got a lot of a lot anything of, at the moment, mate. We, we, we've got a lot of holding midfielders. We've got a lot of midfielders slash forwards. Is that same... Do you know who would have changed this game? That guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, oh, for sure. Honestly, how many games have there been? How many games have there been in the last three, well, how influential four, five weeks was... where people, where we have said the guy who would have changed the game was that guy? Oh, what? Since he got Since injured? he got injured. Because he was the that guy, guy that was saving us. That guy. Yeah. You know, that guy bringing on power. Anyone who disrespects Danny. And you know what? He's going to walk out of our right club. Off. He's going to walk out of our club. And people are going to say, oh, see you, mate. You know, you never did that much. And to all those people, I say, if you don't love Danny, then you don't love football. Agreed. So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of a long-winded, highly intoxicated, really very normal Ask Brothers Rankcast. From myself and from Toby, from the Ask Brothers, we wish you the very best of Merry Christmases, the very best of New Year's. Don't do anything that we wouldn't do. But if you have to, do it to excess. Big love, guys. Good night. Happy New Year.